delighted to be joined by uh, Aaron from GA Fan TV. We're going to review the, the weekend's football action. Uh, an incredible day yesterday on, on Sunday you know, with Tipperary and Cavan ending long, long ways for provincial titles. Like, I haven't seen many days like that. You? No, definitely not. Like, that was. Um... It was definitely kind of a mad, a mad weekend with everything that happened in in both games. Um, like I was even, I was even looking back there. I remember there, like during the week, at different provincial shocks and stuff like that, just to just to see like what other kind of provincial shocks there were. Like in in the past ten years, there's been very little, and then all of a sudden, in the space of you know, in the space of one day, you have Tipperary beating uh, Cork, winning their first Munster title in eighty five years, and then you have. Cavan winning their first Ulster title in 23 years um, and I suppose yeah with the weekend that was in it as well with it being bloody Sunday like like I'm not a huge believer in destiny or, or things are meant to be or anything like that but sometimes you do just wonder like was this all just meant to happen because you have the exact same semi-finalists as you had back in 1920 100 years ago as well which is just incredible both teams playing each other Dublin playing Cavan Mayo playing Tipperary so yeah, it was just a crazy. It was a crazy weekend yesterday, and it was uh, it was almost hard to process it, all, like process it all. In all honesty, yeah, because I mean the odds yesterday were even big. But imagine what the odds at the start for all these provincial championships. You know what were Cavan? I mean, oh, no, I didn't give them a prayer voice in Johnny Gold game. Tipperary, on the other hand, you, you you could make possibly a case, but then again, you thought Cork taking Kerry out, so it so should still be a Cork win, but. Um, yeah, I mean, incredible. When Tipperary won, you think Donegal should look. We've had the high now. It's going to be just a you know boring enough Sunday, but Cavan topped it off again. Then, yeah, like it was. Um, and I nearly forgot about the Cavan game as well. Like after the Tipperary win, because like the Tipperary win was just such a, a massive shock that you didn't really mm. you didn't really expect Cavan to to do it. And it looked like Donegal, like they, they started quite slow. They didn't really start the game like a house on fire. But to be honest, I expected them to be quite slow in the game just with the fact that mm-hmm. they'd come through two tough tests in Tyrone and uh, Armagh. And then I thought, you know, they'll probably, they'll have their eyes on Dublin now. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Um, but once again, just kind of similarly to what happened with Kerry against Cork, I think another team have had their eyes on Dublin and they're too fixated on Dublin that they've actually they've underestimated the team they were actually playing and, and been caught. And um, yeah, you know, what a, what a win for Cavan as well. Like they, they literally gave a hundred percent, you know, they would, the, the, some of the players on the pitch probably would have died for their County out there. Like you're looking at Thomas Galligan, like massive head injury, then hurt his hand as well. He was already battling back from injuries as well. So yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was incredible stuff from Cavan really. Yeah, we'll go into the game in a bit more detail now. We'll start with the first game today was um, Tipperary Cork. And as I said earlier, you know, we know Tipperary's, um, they have talent. You know, they were in the 2016 All-Ireland semi-final, even though I think I heard Colin O'Rourke before the game saying, you know, not many people have heard the likes of Conor Sweeney or Michael Quinlan, and I don't know where he's been, but um, I think this, they set the, the tempo of the game very quickly. Um, Sweeney got, I think, a mark and a point from play maybe inside the first two or three minutes. And it just gave him that encouragement that this game could be here for us today. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, Tipperary came flying out of traps. Like, they hit three points, I think, within the first two minutes. Um, and they needed to start fast as well, just to kind of really set that tempo. And, you know, those three points in the first two minutes were probably the three most important points because they, mm-hmm. they won it by three in the end. But like Cork never really turned it around from there. Like, and the pro- I think the problem was like Cork where 
they were trying to work the perfect score and they were like hitting it from side to side and they weren't they didn't really have the confidence in themselves really to try and overturn Tipperary whereas Tipperary were very direct they didn't really have any fear they were you know, like some of the points that Quinlevin and Sweeney hit at times you know you only hit those points or you only attempt to take those points if you don't have fear or you don't have pressure I think for Cork like obviously you know they are a young team they're not used to playing and I know they've some of their players have played in under 20 finals and, and whatnot but a lot of the majority of that team have never played in a Munster senior football final. It's a lot of pressure, and it's a lot of pressure to be the favourites in a game in a, in, a, in a final that you're not normally in and you're not normally used to winning. So it kind of suited Tipperary down to the ground, and they actually do probably have the better forwards as well. Like when you take Luke Conley out of Cork, they don't really have many players who can kick from thirty to forty yeah. meters in the pitch. Uh, Mark Collins maybe the only one, but. You know, Brian Hurley on his day, you know, Cahal O'Mahony might be in a couple of years, but yeah, it was uh it was it was huge for Tipperary, it was a massive win for them. Yeah, as you mentioned that the, the core forwards, once Connolly went off, you, you just didn't feel like they were getting back into that game. Just no one really wanted to take the shot on. Um and yeah, Connolly was a big miss for them because he again, I think Tomas O'Shea was even say he does have the arrogance to take on shots we saw that against Kerry as well. Um but Tipperary, um, yeah, just going back to their, their 2016 form in, in some ways, you know, they're, they're a pure footballing side. You know, they like to kick pass, they like to carry the ball, and, and some of the scores yesterday were brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, and they, they have a lot of quality in their team as well. Like, even Colin O'Reardon coming back into the team as well. Like, the amount of uh, high balls he was winning, like, in the midfield from kickouts, especially in the, the closing stages of the second half. Um but yeah, like they've a lot, even David Power even alluded to it in some of his interviews, like having been there, won minor titles with Tipperary mm-hmm. in 2011 and should have probably won one again in 2012. So they're a team there that, you know, like they've been knocking on the door for quite a while. And it's kind of, I suppose the stars have aligned in many ways with the fact that the lockdown happened. Um, obviously no one wanted it to happen, but, you know, they got Quinlevin back in their team. They got O'Reardon back in their team. Brian Fox as well, like he was unbelievable as well. He covered so much ground. Yeah. He was he was named a corner forward, but he I don't know, he just played everywhere. Like he just literally kept hunting the ball down for the entire sixty minutes he was on the pitch. Um and yeah, like Tipperary, that forward line of Sweeney and Quinlevin, like they're not as good as Sean O'Shea and David Clifford, I'd say, but they're definitely not far behind. Yeah, because I had Connor Sweeney on earlier in, in May or May or June, we're going through the years. And you're kind of thinking to yourself, this Tipperary team probably should have achieved more than they have after that All Ireland semi final, you know, yeah. with the talent that they, that they do have. And well, that's two All Ireland semi finals in, in five years, which is just incredible. Yeah, like, and I know, I think it was Liam Kearns who was their manager before, like, when yeah. he stepped down, like, even though David Power had had the success, like, a minor level, I did think, like, yeah, and Tipperary are probably, they're going to go through a bit of a transition now in the next few years because, and you could kind of see that in their league form. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, got relegated from Division Two, went into Division Three. You know, they were they almost got relegated from Division Three as well. Yeah. Like it went down to the final game with Leitrim, um, and yeah, like just having Quinlevin back in their team, Brian Fox, Colin O'Reardon, um, and just getting a bit more from some other players as well, like Liam Casey, yeah. as well, and some of their defensive players like Kevin Fahey as well. That was really what uh, what drove them on, and and yeah, I suppose it is massive for them because. You do think, like, in the future, will Tipperary get a better team than what the, than the one they have now? Like, will they have a better chance to win a Munster title? Like, you maybe you thought in 2016 that was that was their year, really. 
because Kerry were kind of in a transition back then as well. But um, yeah, you know, huge, just huge for Tipperary, like for forgetting that, like, and yeah, massive for for anyone who's from Tipperary, I'd imagine. Yeah, because towards the end, as I see a tweet, actually, it had almost that loud 2010 uh, feel to us that that was Loud's day and it had to happen for them and it had to happen for Tipperary yesterday with Dublin were taken out by me that time and, of course, um, Kerry were nowhere to be seen yesterday. So it was a huge thing for, for Tipperary yesterday. And I think the fact Kerry were gone as well, they have no fear of Cork, I don't think. They, they've been in the same division as them and they've beaten them a couple of times and been close with them. Where if it was, they were playing Kerry yesterday, you'd probably the fear factor would have been there. Yeah, definitely. Like, and um, I suppose, yeah, like, because obviously you'd imagine like next year, Kerry are going to be like, Kerry will probably win five in a row now on Munster yeah. or something like that. Like this, that's a, that's a huge learning curve for them after, mm-hmm. after losing that Cork yeah. defeat. Cork are probably going to regroup massively now as well. Like they'll, they'll really want to right the wrongs. So yeah, like it was a huge opportunity for Tipperary and it's one they definitely, they took in the end with the, with the win. But um yeah, it was it was very 2010-esque, all right, with that, with the way, like, what what happened with Loud. Obviously, Loud didn't win it on the day, but, you know, certainly for Tipperary, like, to end, like, a huge long wait like that. And, like, who knows if they keep Quinlevin and they keep a lot, and I, I, I don't know what our Reardon situation is. Maybe he goes back to Australia, but, mm-hmm. yeah, you never know. Like, if they're, they're definitely a team that could challenge, at least, you know, kind of going through the qualifiers or, yeah. or whatever. I don't know what the, the route's going to be next year, but... Yeah, they're definitely a team that's uh, to, to watch out for in the next couple of years if Quinlevin stays on as well. Yeah, and then you have Cork on the other hand and it's almost like the Kerry wins just completely forgotten about when they're back to square one again. You know, they're, they're probably feeling it at the end as well because they knew that was a huge opportunity for them as well. They had done the damage by taking Kerry out and you can see even on the players' faces um, while Conor Sweeney's late in the cup, they went to a few shots. They were really disappointed with that. Yeah, like um, you know, I can't, I can't imagine a, a worse way really to to lose a monster final. The fact you've you've beaten the best team in a semi final, mm. and then you've lost, um, then you've lost in the in the final. It's kind of similar to uh, I think it was was a Mount Bellew who beat Corofin in the mm. in the semi finals in Galway, and then lost the the final. Yeah. It might have been Mike Cullen, but it was kind of similar in that kind of sense where like you've you've done the work, you've done the hard part, you've knocked out the the top team one of the best teams in the country probably and then coming up against Tipperary being massive favourites like I said before when they're a team that's not normally favourites and yeah you could see where a lot of the players um, even some of the experienced players there as well like you know just a really really hard one to take for them because I'm I think they know that that was a, a massive opportunity missed and yeah. even winning amongst the title the fact they've so many young players that have won under 20 titles like it would have been I think everyone can kind of agree that in the next, you know, five five to ten years, Cork will probably be a really good team. So if they had a one and one title early in their kind of like cycle or whatever, it might have, you know, it might have just propelled them a bit more to to get to an All Ireland maybe a bit quicker. But now after that defeat, it just kind of puts them back to back to square one. Yeah, and for Tipperary next is Mayo again, like they were in, in twenty sixteen. And they caused them a few problems that day. May I remember got a few, you know, a few goals, one lucky goal at the end just to, to see this. And they played them in twenty eighteen, I think, as well in the qualifiers and in Paris and they had troubled Mayo for a long periods of that. So again, a bit like Cork, they won't fear Mayo. Yeah, definitely not. Like um 
Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting game. I suppose it's it's kind of mad because I think everyone kind of assumed about Mayo and Tipperary were like in transition and they were two great teams maybe from a few years ago and obviously on different scales and probably didn't, you know, on different scales but didn't achieve maybe what they were set out to. And here they both are in an All-Ireland semi-final uh, once again, just like a couple of years ago. And yeah, it's going to be a very interesting one. Like Mayo are playing without fear, Tipperary are playing without fear. It's going to be interesting because Mayo will go in as massive favourites and they haven't really had the favourites tag at all this year, really. I know like there were, there were kind of slight favourites going in against Roscommon and Galway, but even at that, you know, it, it, they weren't overwhelming favourites yeah. like they will be in this one. So it will probably suit Tipperary, to be honest, because they do have the forwards to hurt Mayo. But it is hard to kind of look past Mayo because they, they have looked very, very good in the Connacht Championship and they even... They even some of the new players they've introduced, like Owen McLaughlin and Mark Moore and coming off the bench. Um and even Paddy Durkin looks to be back to his best as well. So it's hard to look past Mayo at this point, but I'd say Tipperary will definitely definitely give it a good go, I'd say. Yeah, and then obviously at four o'clock then was the Ulster final, Kevin pulling off an even bigger upset. Um by, by taking out Donegal and kind of mentioned earlier, maybe Donegal were just into their own hype for a thing about Dublin the semi-final there was a lot of talk I even had Chris McCaig on last Thursday and he actually predicted Donegal to win the All-Ireland so there was a lot of yeah. talk about them and again Kevin fully deserved the win yeah I think the Armagh win might have been the worst thing for them mm. in many ways because like not only did they win that very comfortably but they gave just absolutely everything through the entire 70 minutes they even looked very jaded in the Cavan game, like especially in the final 20 minutes or so, they looked like they ran out of steam. And yeah, I think they probably did buy into their own hype. Maybe not so much the players, because, you know, I know players and management, they probably don't look too much into the media and whatnot. But I do think it probably might have had a knock-on effect. You know, obviously in Donegal, it's a tight-knit community. And yeah, you know, players might have heard one thing from another and they might have, you know, and even even what could have happened was, you know, even... Declan Bonner could have sat down on Saturday night and said, oh, I'll, I'll put on the Dublin and Mead game just to just just to kind of check them out. And maybe he was watching that and all of a sudden his head was like, Jesus, Dublin are just looking really, really good here. I don't know how we're going to beat these. And he kind of took his his eyes, his attention away from Cavan a bit. Um, you, you never know. That could have easily happened as well. Like So I definitely think they, they were looking too far ahead after the Armagh win and definitely underestimated Cavan, especially Cavan's work rate. Because, like in Ulster, with the pitches as well, like they're such tight pitches, they're way different to Crow Park. Like almost anything can happen. Like you've seen some mad shocks down the years with Fermanagh getting victories and even Antrim in 2010. So yeah, like it's it, Donegal definitely should have been a lot more prepared than they were. Yeah, because I mean, I hold my hands up. I didn't give Kevin a prayer going into this. I I thought actually Donegal win by the most of all the teams this weekend. Um, yeah. Kevin's battling spirit, you know, is, they've earned the Ulster title. When you look at all the games they've gone through, you know, the comeback against Monaghan, they were struggling a bit against Antrim, got over the line, ten down, ten points down against down, and came back, and then yet to beat arguably a top four team in the country. Like, you know, they they've really earned it. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I was kind of same as yourself. I thought Donegal would win the Ulster title. I didn't even think Cavan would beat Monaghan. To be honest, I don't think yeah. anyone really did. No. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like they've battled through all four games, and they've shown a lot of character in all the games. Even in the Antrim game, in the Antrim game, they were really poor. That was probably their mm-hmm. their worst performance, and they 
still managed to get over the line. And I think Mickey Graham, I'd say probably right now, is probably the best manager in Gaelic football, I'd say, alongside David Power. Um, it's hard to really judge Desi Farrell because Dublin are that good. But like with, with Mickey Graham, even his in-game management and his changes and his substitutions and just little tweaks he makes, even at water breaks as well, like Cavan just always seemed to find an extra 10% in the final 15 to 20 minutes. And they just never... They never seem to die down. Like even in the down game, when they were losing that, they looked down and out. They looked beaten. They managed to fight back and win. And like, and even in the Donegal game, despite the black cards, some questionable refereeing decisions at times, mm-hmm. they still managed to fight through that and 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 win. And it was yeah, quite incredible, really. And yeah, I think I think there'll be a lot of teams in Ulster that'll probably look at what Cavan have achieved and. And that that might be a great thing now for for Gaelic football mm. and for Ulster and even in Munster. The fact that maybe even counties like Fermanagh and Derry they'll look at that and think, you know, that that could definitely be us now next year or in a few years' time. Yeah, because I mean, Mickey Graham has an incredible CV now because he he won the, the Leinster club title with the Mullinyacht as well. With the you know the, the population they have was just an unbelievable achievement. And to, to win an also title we have and having to go through, you know, the most amount of games, being behind and, and beat the teams that have, uh, it's a serious, serious achievement. Yeah, without doubt. Like, um, yeah, like I remember when Mullen Yachta, because they beat Kilmacud Croaks, who, mm. like they wouldn't be my club team in Dublin or anything like that. But yeah, it was, it was, it was just a mad victory altogether. Um, I actually think they might was it Vincent's they beat or I oh don't know that was right you actually it was it was Kilma Good yeah yeah so it was yeah it was a mad um, it was a mad victory altogether and yeah like he's he's done some job like when you think they didn't have Keen Mackey didn't have Darren McVeady Connor Moyna not there either yeah um, they had a lot of they had a lot of things go against them got relegated to Division Three um, after the Roscommon defeat. And yeah, I don't think it's it's just kind of the way he's able to turn things around. Like his man management just must be absolutely fantastic because the players just literally seem to give one hundred and ten percent. They they literally give everything on the field for him. Like and it was same with Mullinyakta as well. And yeah, like he's he's definitely for me probably the best manager in, in Gaelic football right now. Anyway. Yeah, because I mean, they should have a few all stars probably on the way, but I think one person deserves more than anyone is Thomas Gallagher and the impact he's had in this championship has just been incredible. And he just epitomized what Cavan is all about yesterday, you know, battling away. Um, he's probably not even the most technically great footballer, but it's just his heart. He wants the ball the whole time. Uh, even his point, you know, he battled past two Johnny Gold fellas, got the ball up and, and just powered it over the bar. An incredible performance from him again. Yeah, like when he came off the bench against Monaghan, he changed the game completely. And then, yeah, like any, even against Antrim, he came off the bench, made a massive difference. The down and and even in this game versus Johnny Gall, he's made a massive, massive difference from the start as well. Yeah, like I didn't even I didn't even hear of him before this year, in all honesty. Um, and he, he's just he's just seemingly come out of nowhere. And yeah, it's just his fight, his work rate, his determination. Um, he clearly, obviously, had an injury coming into the championship, and he's you know he's he probably it wouldn't even surprise me if he's actually just played through it because he he just seems to yeah. unless he's literally been carried off in a stretcher, there's no way he's he's coming off the pitch. Like even with a with a black eye after the game and his interview, like it looked like he'd been in a boxing fight or something like, and that, pro- that probably, 
sums up Cavanaugh in many ways because they're all fighters. They literally, they like they're not they're not like a, a Tipperary maybe where they have like individual stars like Sweeney or Quinlevin or or maybe that you know they don't have like one or two like you know players who are gonna you know be the best players on the pitch, but they just have tremendous work rate all around the pitch. You know, from players like Jason McLaughlin, a cornerback. Um, you know, they just have so much talent all around the pitch, really. Yeah, and then from a Donegal perspective, then obviously I can't remember them winning too many pure knockout games. I know they've won the Ulsters and all that, but you know, at quarterfinals or whatever, in a, in a good while, like they just seem to be faltering just when it comes to the business end. Mm, yeah, it seems to, like that's the third year in a row where they've like where they've lost right before an All Ireland semi final, mm. and even there's been a similar trend where they seem to get talked up quite a bit before mm. they lose as well. It was similar against Mayo yeah. last year and even Tyrone the year before. So yeah, it is it is kind of interesting. Like they seem to. Um, I'm not too sure what it is. It's definitely something Declan Bonner will need to need to look at because they they even look like they gave up in the Cavan game which was really strange. Yeah. Normally, you don't kind of associate that with a Donegal team. Like, even in the final 10 minutes, like, a lot of... Like, even when the Cavan goal went in, their heads dropped. And, yeah, you know, even the likes of Michael Murphy and different players didn't have their best game. And, yeah, for whatever reason, they, you know, for a third year in a row, they just seem to, to get caught with cold feet. Whether they are looking ahead to semi-finals or thinking too far ahead or underestimating the team they play is hard to know, but... It's definitely something I'm sure Declan Bonner will will need to look at because it's great winning Ulster titles, but I think everyone would agree with the players that they have. They should at least be making the final four. Yeah, and then Cavan's opponents are obviously Dublin. Um, complete different scale. Um, Saturday night, watching that, I thought maybe be more competitive. I didn't think they'd, they'd get within seven or eight uh, still, but... For a while, geez, Dublin really put the foot down on them, and it's an incredible performance again from them. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was a strange final in many ways because it was over after about fifteen minutes, um, and it was like even for myself as a Dublin fan, like, uh, like you do want Dublin to win Leinster titles and you want mm. them to do well and you want them to be successful, but it, it, like it is quite strange just watching. You know, you're you're so used to to Dublin just absolutely hammering teams in Leinster at this stage, and yeah, like Mead for whatever reason, I definitely think they can play a lot better. Like they definitely can. There's no doubt about it. It's the second year in a row where they've come into a Leinster final, and for whatever reason, they just seem to completely lose themselves within the final. Like there seems to be maybe like a psychological issue within their team or something at times, especially in Leinster finals. I know playing Dublin is daunting and it is a Leinster final, but if you do just completely give up and you, you know, you completely lose your, your heads and you know, you, you don't, you don't, you don't have the spirit or the fight. You are going to get absolutely hammered. There's no doubt about it. Cause Dublin don't show any mercy. Um, and yeah, like it was, it was great from a Dublin point of view, but I can definitely understand um, a lot of people who would be very concerned about the Leinster Championship at the moment because, like, yeah, like when you look at you look at Munster, Connacht, Ulster, those championships are definitely fine, and I'm not too sure what they do with the Leinster Championship, but yeah, it's just it, it is getting a bit it is getting a bit ridiculous how easy Dublin are winning at this stage because you've probably got the best team of all time in the weakest province. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy, really. Yeah, because they're kind of an outlier because if you actually took Dublin out, it'd probably be a decent enough province. A lot of teams in Division 2 or 2 and 3, and, you know, you do get decent matches in the Leinster Championships, but it's when it comes to 
where it plays Dublin or the final, it's, it's always just a foregone conclusion and it's usually 10 to 20 points, to be honest. Yeah, like in, yeah, in, in Leinster, like if you took Dublin out of it, yeah, it'd probably be, um, I'm not saying that should happen, but if, if that did happen, let's say, then yeah, it would be very competitive. Like there's really not much between a lot of the teams, even counties like Longford and Offaly, mm-hmm. uh, Carlow, like there's not really much difference between them and a Mead. And I know Wicklow got hammered by Mead, but I do think Wicklow are on the, on the up as well. There were a couple of good players in there. Um, yeah, like at the same time though, I do think like a lot of counties, like it's not really going to change with Dublin. So I think a lot of them probably at the same time, rather than, you know, making excuses about resources and funding and all this. And although it is a definitely a thing, I do think at the same time, like at least with me, they did try and address the issue and they did actually come to Dublin and try and beat them. Whereas a lot of other counties have probably thrown in the towel a bit. Um, but at the same time, you can't really blame them because it's, it, it it must be very disheartening because for, for players I'd imagine like if you're from Westmead or anything like that, you know, and you're going in, you're going in for training or whatever. There there always has to be a goal or a vision or something to work towards, and when that's not there, it just makes you know there's just no real point really, is there? Like, yeah, I mean a lot is talk about the Leinster Championship. But I don't think Dublin probably get the credit they they do get credit for the credit deserves. They best you know they're a decent team and they're just absolutely. Yeah. Brushed them aside. Um, I mean, Kieran McKenney uh, is arguably he's, he's probably the best player in the country right now. I think, and he was, you know, he's mm. racking up three, four points from play every single game, and it's just his general play is fantastic. Um, and they've added a few more. Obviously, Robbie McDade, Sean Buckler, Paddy Small, Tom Lehiff played a few games as well. Like it's mm. just a machine <laughs> that's that's been used a good bit, but it is. Yeah, like it's. Yeah, like probably the best Leinster final performance I've seen from Dublin, I think. Um, might have even been one of their best performances ever, really. Um, mm. Like in, in this, in as far as I can remember anyway, maybe maybe there might be a few other ones. But yeah, they were just absolutely relentless. Like their physicality all around the pitch. Uh, Brian Fenton in midfield is just unbelievable at dictating the play. He can almost control the tempo of a game. He's that good. And yeah, like I suppose one of the concerns like for, for Dublin coming into this year was you did have a lot of changes. You had a new manager, you had new players, you had players who, who weren't there like Jack McCaffrey and Darren McConnelly, Bernard Brogan. Um, but the players that have come in look just as good, if not even be- better. Like Sean Bugler looks unbelievable, been one of the best players so far for Dublin. Robbie McDade, although he probably doesn't have the same offensive output, defensively really, really good. Uh, and then Desi Farrell, like I think Kieran Whelan even said it in commentary, like Desi Farrell's going for the one in a row in Leinster. Like ev- everyone kind of keeps thinking about Dublin this and Dublin going for six in a row, but you forget that Desi hasn't won anything, you know, and he 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 wants to win in all Ireland as a manager. Yeah. He wants to win Leinster titles, and I actually think maybe the fact that Jim Gavin is 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 not there anymore might actually be a good thing from a Dublin point of view because they they have a fresh face in there and they still have that same winning mentality. And Desi did win uh, minor titles as well So as a manager. So, yeah, like Dublin definitely at the moment really, it, it looks it looks like it's going to be very hard to see who beats them um, because it doesn't look like, there's, there's been no evidence to show that they've, they're going to show any complacency or get caught in the hop like what happened with Donegal or Kerry. Yeah, because they are playing Kevin in the semi-final and... I see. I actually see the odds in Dublin are one to a hundred. I don't think I've ever seen that for for an honour in the semi final. 
And it, I suppose they could get caught on the half, but you'd have to think it's mayor or nothing now. Like Dublin won't get beaten by Tipperary or Cavan. Let, let's be honest. Um, you know, they've done incredibly well, and they won't care. Let's be honest. They're they're in bonus territory now. You know, Cavan won't care if they they get beaten well by Dublin. They have that ultra tight in the bag, but it's probably Mayo is the only block stopping Dublin now. Yeah, definitely. I think Mayo are the are the only team. Like I think Cavan will Cavan probably will give it a, a good fight and they will work really, really hard up and down the pitch. Um, and they'll give it give it 110%. The only worry would be with Cavan is they they've they've achieved something massive in winning an Ulster yeah. title that when they go eight to nine points, ten points down against Dublin, will they still have that same fight in the final ten to fifteen minutes that they had in Ulster? That's that's the main question with them. And then it's also on Crow Park as well, which you know, Dublin are so used to playing on. I don't think this Cavan team have played in Crow Park other than maybe like a Division Two final. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the players in the, on this team wouldn't wouldn't have played in Crow Park, maybe in minors or under twenty. But um, yeah, Mayo Mayo definitely probably the only team that can put it up to Dublin. Um, even at that though, they like Mayo maybe in a few years when the likes of Owen McLaughlin maybe have more years in the team and some yeah. of the other players like Brian Walsh and whatnot, uh, Mark Moran have a bit more experience but the, the great thing for Mayo though is that they're actually there's no pressure really on them this year they don't have that tag that they would have had in 2017 where it's like they need to win an All-Ireland now or they'll never win one because they keep producing players like they do keep producing players and they are definitely moving in the right direction and I suppose with the fact with the year that's in it it's kind of like a free hit for them if they win it brilliant but if they don't um, they'll probably come back next year and they'll, they'll be there thereabouts next year again yeah, because on the semi-finals, it would nice. It would be nice, nearly, to see them at neutral venue, not Pro Park, because of course, if Cavan could bring twenty or thirty thousand fans down to Pro Park, it'd be brilliant. But the fact there is no fans, and um, you know, I've even seen playing up with Roscommon. We played them in the Hyde last year in the league, and I think it was four or five points, really competitive game. Whereas if it was in Pro Park, it was in Pro Park. We lost by twenty. Like a pitch does have, especially for Dublin and Pro Park, they're just they late teams there. Uh, so even maybe in a Tullamore or even the Hyde in Roscommon, just somewhere that might just not even as up, but just help having a tiny bit more. Yeah, yeah, like it, it would, it would to a certain extent. But I suppose at the same time, like Crow Park is the the national stadium for for Gaelic games, and it has always been that way. Mm. Um, it, it definitely, I definitely do get your point though. At the same time, like it definitely would make it a lot more competitive. And if Dublin were going to play Cavan and Bally Buffet or Omar or something like that, let's say, you know, as a Dublin fan, you would be thinking, you never know, like they could get caught a little bit here. But in Crow Park, you know, just because of yeah, how big yeah. the pitch is and how much space there is, it's never going to happen. But yeah, it's one of them things where I don't know, maybe, maybe further down the line, like the GA could look at having neutral venues for semi-finals maybe and then the final mm-hmm. be a pro park um, maybe for semi-finals you could do like if Caseman Park gets built you could have one there and then maybe another a parky Cueve or, or different things like that but yeah like I think I think maybe if because Dublin are so good I think probably that's why a lot of people are looking at Crow Park and, and kind of taking them out of Crow Park but I think at the same time like it, it is the national stadium I suppose at the end of the day so I, I'm not not too sure you can really make too many changes with that for the moment anyway. Yeah, well, I think it probably will be a foregone conclusion. It will be a Dublin slash tip Mayo final, I would imagine. Nothing tip. Not, maybe yeah. maybe Cabin might. They might enjoy that again. They wouldn't write them off and they might pull off the greatest upset of all time. Yeah, who, who, who knows? Who knows? I mean, I def- you definitely wouldn't rule it out, but 
I'd say it would be uh I'd say it'd be just be very unlikely. Like it's Dublin are just a different animal, unfortunately. It's yeah. probably a shame for Cavan. I think if they were playing Mayo or Tip, they'd have a great mm, chance of making yeah. an All Ireland final. But uh yeah, playing Dublin especially the only good thing is they have a two week break till playing mm. um Dublin but at the same time they're so used to playing week in week out that actually it might have been a good thing if they actually played Dublin next week because you know they're so used to playing that it might have helped them but but uh, I suppose we'll have to wait and see yeah well we'll leave it there Aaron thanks very much for for coming on yeah no bother cheers for having me